podcast where we talk about elements of the scriptures that have become real to us because we believe that helps us draw more power out of the scriptures and we need that power in our lives today. I'm your host, Kerry Mulestein, and this is what I call a shortcast, a short version. And this will be a different kind of a shortcast, a little bit uh, different than what we usually do. Uh, I had a couple of things from the Sermon on the Mount that I just thought I just want to point out. You've already listened to some episodes that uh, have quite a bit to say about the Sermon on the Mount, especially Matthew chapter five. That's the reading for this week. Uh, and then a couple of little things I wanted to point out that I thought would just add a little realism to it. And then I realized as I listened to my son's podcast, you've heard me talk about that before, Youth Follow Him, uh, where they do just five to eight minute uh, episodes that he actually talked about with with his uh, guest, a wonderful young woman in our ward. Uh, he talked about uh, the things uh, or several of the things that I wanted to talk about, and he did a fantastic job. So I'm actually, rather than redoing that, just going to to stick that on the end of the couple of things that I'm going to have to say now. I'm going to start with the end of Matthew chapter five, where Christ says, uh, be therefore perfect. And you hear people uh, discuss this and they'll talk about the Greek of that. The, the word for perfect is telios, which which means kind of like in the future and uh, you know, our, like telescope and things like that come from it. Uh, it it's, it's a way it's in the future. And, and they'll talk about this sense of this is something that you achieve eventually. And, and I love, you know, uh, Elder Holland's talk, uh, be therefore perfect eventually, or uh, President Nelson's phrase, perfection pending. I absolutely agree with that. But I think it's worth keeping in mind. Well, I think Helios kind of captures what's going on. Uh, the Savior was not speaking in Greek to his audience. He was almost certainly speaking in Aramaic. And he would have used a word that's uh, very similar to the, the Hebrew word tam or tamam, uh, this uh, idea. And you've, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you will have heard us talk about it when we did Genesis with Abraham being a man who was perfect in his generation and Noah. We've talked about this phrase a few times, but it means completed or made whole. And, and I think it has some covenant connotations. I tend to think lots of things have covenant connotations, but um, it, uh, it's, it's certainly about eventually being finished. Uh, and being made complete or whole. And we talked about how you can be complete or whole for given this, this place you're in right now, your circumstances, you made your covenants, you're trying to keep your covenants. That's probably what it means when it says Abraham or Noah were uh, just or perfect uh, in their generation. They're, they're making and keeping their covenants and thus they're in the process of being made perfect and for where they're supposed to be now, they're, they're at what they should be right now. Um, and uh that's of course in the end we're made perfect through christ that's the telios that's in the future that's where we're going to get uh we're going to get finished one day we're right now we're in the process of being finished or made perfect or whole or complete um but uh we can be trying to make and keep our covenants and thus uh we're we're right where we're supposed to be we're on the covenant path is the idea or at least crossing it as often as possible to use uh, Jay Golden Kimball's to kind of paraphrase a little bit of his phrase. And so uh, that's what we want to be working for. And I, I think as we I talked about with Jan, um, that the Sermon on the Mount is a, a, a kind of a, a pathway. It's a, a pattern. It, he lays out a pattern for how to continue spiraling towards him on the covenant path as we love God and love each other more and more and more. Then uh, we're on the process of uh, eventually uh, being perfected or made whole or complete. So I thought that was one uh, thing that was worth highlighting. Second, you'll hear the Savior a number of times in uh, Matthew 5, but throughout the Sermon on the Mount, talk about, he'll say something like, you have heard it said of old, uh, thou shalt not kill, but I say unto you, uh, you shouldn't even be angry, you shouldn't say raka, and so on. 
So this this is the savior engaging and then uh, kind of being different in something that is common in his day. Uh, when you want to expand on something or talk about something, you'll say, so and so of old said this. Well, you'll say in the lot was said this, and he's usually quoting from the Torah when he says, "You've heard it said of old." Not always, but usually. Um, and um, so he, he, that's a typical thing. You'll say, "Okay, in the law it says this," and then you'll say, "This person said this, and this other person said this, and this other person said this," and so we can understand them this way. But the Savior isn't relying on the other people. He goes straight from the, the law says this, and I say unto you. That's something usually you can only do when you've been uh, a master with many disciples for a long time. You have a school and everyone recognizes your authority to say something on your own rather than just relying on what other people have said. You've now become an authority to reason it out on your own. And he skips straight to that. And so I think that's part of when it says that they're astonished because he taught us one having authority. There's probably something in there about he he speaks with power because he is the one who gave the law. But I think it's also this notion that he doesn't appeal to others. He just goes right to saying what he believes. And that's uh, something that will astonish them, but something he can do because, as he said to the Nephites, he is the one who gave the law. And he helps us understand what the law was really always about. Uh, the law of Moses wasn't about uh, an eye taking someone else's eye for uh, your eye or anything along these lines. It was always about getting us to become something different. And he re-emphasizes that and gets us focused in on that as we are in the gospel of becoming. So there are a couple of other reality things that uh, I'll let my, my son and his friend Catherine talk about. And I hope you find it useful. Hello and welcome to Youth Follow Him. I'm Jacob. And I'm Catherine. Today we are going to be talking about the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, when I lived in Jerusalem, uh, in Israel, I went to the uh, Mount of Beatitudes, and uh, there's a church there currently that has stained glass windows. There's one stained glass window for each uh, verse for the, for the Beatitudes, and it's really beautiful and really nice. But besides there being the church there, the, it's like this hill like in kind of the corner of the valley of galilee uh, overlooking the rest of the valley and you could see the sea of galilee and it's really really beautiful right on a hill and from the mount of beatitudes you can see uh an ancient city called hippos where there's ruins of the city of hippos it's a greek city and it was made from this white stone and so that could be the light on the hill, since it would have been like this large white structure that stood out from the rest of the like landscape. That's cool. So Catherine, uh, what is your favorite part of the Sermon on the Mount? Well, I really like the part where the Savior is talking about how we are the salt of the earth, like his covenant people, which I think is really cool because salt is useless once it loses its savor, right? But it only loses its savor by being contaminated with other things. And so I think that we are the salt of the earth, but if we like don't, are unable to resist like the temptations and all of like the sins of the world, basically. And if we let that into us, then we are like useless we can't really share the gospel anymore and so um i just think that's really cool that's a really cool analogy what's yeah. your favorite part 
I think my favorite is probably where it talks about if you have like a bad eye or a bad hand, you need to cast that off. And I think it's like talking about like an analogy where like if it's infected, then you need to like, like back in their times, they didn't have a way to really get rid of infection well and besides just removing it. So, like, like a sin, it, there's no sin that's worth keeping because if it's like gambling or pornography, it will like corrupt you. Like how an infection will slowly spread until it eventually kills you. Yeah, and I think that's a really cool analogy. It's a cool analogy. Yeah. So I, for one, am very grateful for the Sermon on the Mount because it's like this uh, guide of how to live on earth and stay faithful and uh, like, like um, stay righteous and not be sinful. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really helpful. Yeah, I think it's really cool that um, God obviously wants us to be with him, otherwise he wouldn't be telling us all of these things, and so I think that all of the truths in the Sermon on the Mount, as we follow them and try to do what it says, we can be more like him. Yeah.